want to welcome you this morning to Grace Bible Church uh, and opening up our annual Go Missions Week that we do every year where we have a, a little bit of, a, of an emphasis on what we're doing uh, as a church to help reach the nations. What I'd like for you to do is uh, just the beginning is to, to look around on the walls. And uh, we've hung up all of our flags. I want to promise you that these are so much more than just decorations. Many of these flags you will quickly recognize, and some of them maybe you, you don't even know what they represent. For me, it's fun. I've lived in, uh, in four of these different countries. Uh, if you count Texas, that would be five. <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun to see uh, that these flags represent uh, places around the world where we support different uh, missionary uh, endeavors, whether they are people or projects that are going on. And, uh, and it's very exciting. It's very exciting to see that our church has a commitment uh, to the nations. But you know, it's more, like I said, than just uh, a decoration. When you think about what all of these flags represent, it starts with people who listen to God, who listen to a calling in their life and a prompting that said, God having them move out of their place of comfort and to begin to move towards a place where they wanted to share the gospel. It represents a lot of hard conversations that people have with their families to tell them, hey, I'm moving far, far away. They all represent people who have raised their financial support, that have learned other languages, that have oftentimes packed up their families and their children and have moved to places that they only can trust God that he would provide for everything that they need. These are not just decorations in our church. They represent the commitment that our church has to the Great Commission. Helping people that are just like you and I, who at some point in our life had the privilege of somebody coming to share the good news of the gospel message with us, and having us begin that personal relationship with Christ, that people would feel so moved that they would want to go and do that in the nations of the world. Our church is committed to the Great Commission. Our church is committed to helping reach the world for Christ. Do you believe that that can happen? Do you really believe? Or is that just something that oftentimes, oftentimes we speak about that we kind of put out there on our sign? Or do you believe that we as a people in this room can have an effect on the nations? Do you guys know how to get involved? Can you say even this morning that you're engaged in the mission that God has given us? Well, what I hope to do this morning is to use some of our time to clarify what we do as a church, to clarify why we do it, and to outline maybe a few next steps for each of us that, that we can get involved in so that we can get on board with what God has called us to do. My name is Chris McGuffey. I mostly go by Guff, and uh, I'm one of the new, newer additions to the uh, Grace Bible staff. If you remember, our picture was up here on the wall for a little while uh, back in January when we signed on to become the uh, pastor of outreach. And so uh, I helped to, uh, along with Ryan Pale, to give some leadership to what we're doing among uh, the community as we outreach here in Bryan College Station 
and also to give some uh, strategic leadership to how we partner and, and what we're doing uh, among the nations overseas. And so I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you this morning to share uh, with you some of the great uh, privileges that I've experienced uh, as we've served overseas ourselves, but also to encourage you guys uh, to be involved wherever God has you. So this morning, I want to do a couple of things. Our goals for today, first off, is today is a day of celebrating the past. Okay, we want to take just a few minutes just to, to think through where God has brought us. Okay, Also, we want to talk about today as being a challenge for the future. Because no matter how many flags that we hang up in this room, God always has more for us to be a part of. Okay, We're not interested in just putting little pins on a map. But what we're interested in is finding out how God has uniquely gifted our church to be involved strategically among the nations. We want to cast the broadest net that we can of God's saving grace to the world so that they can enjoy the same relationship with him that we enjoy. And today is also a day to kind of put forth some goals for engaging our campus, our community, in our world. Throughout the history of this church, if you've been here for very long, uh, you know that we have a, a pretty rich tradition of, of missions. You know, I began to think about names like Jerry Parkerson, who's with us this morning. And in 1968, our church decided uh, to choose him as one of our first missionaries and supported him for $10 a month. We could barely cover his coffee bill in, in Spain as he met with people to share the love of Christ. Um, as I was uh, speaking in the morning, then Harry Coyle came up and reminded me, he said, well, $10 didn't seem like very much, but at the time we couldn't even pay our own pastor's salary. <laughs> so Jerry, I'm glad you got all $10. I think of uh, other familiar names like the Seaborns and the Chinawas uh, that in the 70s came on board uh, to be sent out among the nations uh, and are now still serving uh, with Camps Crusade, now known as Crew, out in their uh, world headquarters in Orlando. And kind of currently holding the flag of the longest missionary still serving overseas, um, most of you guys know uh, the Roberts who are serving in Italy. And uh, just to kind of pound it home based on the demographics of our church, they left for the mission field before most of you were born. Okay, it's a long time. They've been over there planting churches uh, among Italians. Maybe the most interesting stat of all actually is that two of our former pastors uh, held the banner of missions so strongly that they actually left the church and ended up going into the mission field. Okay, so we have Joe Wall, we have Andy Seidel still out there serving in the missions world. Now, as a side note, Brian, uh, maybe our church has also figured out how to not pay retirement for our pastor. And uh, so you might want to watch for that. Uh, if you know Brian very well, I think his voice would say, bring it on, bring it on. He is engaged in the mission of the Great Commission. We want to celebrate a little bit of the past. As a church, we are financially supporting more than 70 either singles or families that are currently out on the mission field, most of whom have all passed through our church for some portion of their significant spiritual growth. While some still serve at Texas A&M, we still, uh, to reach our campus, we have or having an impact on almost every major geographic region of the planet, as you can see the flags that are hanging up here in our sanctuary. 
Even today, I have to say that my, my opinion, uh, even though we have all of these things hanging up here uh, for us to see, is that we as a church are just scratching the surface of the impact that we could have in helping to reach the world for Christ. Do you guys believe that? Do you believe that even though all the things that we have going on in the mission world, we are simply scratching the surface as a church because of the privilege of the stewardship that God has given us in this town with all the people here that claim to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and their heart for the world, we are simply scratching the surface of what, what is happening. I really believe that. Our challenge for the future is to remember a couple of things. First off, with more than 2,000 college students involved in our church, the, the potential that we have for sending is enormous. Okay, and we all know that. And oftentimes when we talk about what we do as a missions and the missions program of a church, we point to our college students and, and are, are proud of ourselves for how many of our students we send out and we can still send more. But what I want to make sure that we don't forget is the other 2,000 people. And some of you are thinking, well, who is he talking about? And I'm talking about you. You are the other 2,000 people that God desires to send out, whether it's here in College Station or Bryan, somewhere else in our nearby community or around the world, that God wants each of us to have an involvement and an impact in the Great Commission. Our biggest challenge right now as a church is to create strategic opportunities that allow our singles and our families to participate in what God is doing among the nations, both domestically and abroad. Today's sermon, we've entitled Engaging with Grace, Reaching Our Campus and Our Community and Our World. And if there's one takeaway, if you only have room in your life to take one thing home with you from today, here's what I would want you to take home. That involvement in the Great Commission is a non-negotiable of your faith. It doesn't matter the challenges that are presented in your life. It doesn't matter what you feel God has gifted you with or not. It doesn't matter if you have an ability to speak. It doesn't matter if you only have two friends on the planet. Involvement in the Great Commission is a non-negotiable of your faith. If you don't agree with this statement, you're probably not going to get very much else from the message that I give this morning. So what does it mean? What does it mean to engage with grace as we tr seek to reach our community? It can be put this way. The goal of Grace Bible Church is to engage every person on our campus, our community, and in our world with the transforming grace of God. To me, it sounds like a pretty lofty goal, but I want you to know we take it pretty seriously. This isn't just a saying that one of my friends would say that you knit on a pillow and put somewhere on your bed. It's not something that you crochet and hang on your wall. This becomes a message and a, uh, th that we commit ourselves to as a church. We want to chase it down is one of the main reasons for the, our church's existence. When Amy and I, my wife and I, as we think about the different places that we've been, as we think about the different decisions that we've had to make in life, 
it seems like we always end up coming back to one passage. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning and you want to open up uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to share with you just a few things that God has told us to be realities in our life. It's interesting that we chose this passage, you know, to speak about this morning, because in our sermon series, we're talking about 1 Corinthians and the messiness of that entire church. And we have to realize that God did not just call people who had it all together to be his representatives, okay? He called all of his children who have a relationship with him to be his messengers, And so in the midst of the messiness that we're still studying in 1 Corinthians, here's what Paul wrote to us in the challenge that he puts forth for involvement. Let's take a look at what he says. First thing in verse uh, verse 1, he says that this is not our home, that we have an eternal dwelling place. Friends, if we get this wrong, then the rest of what God is calling us to do no longer makes sense. If we look at our world and look at our job and look at our home and look at our family and we say that it's our job right now to provide for ourselves, that this is where it ends, then we've already missed God's most important teaching. The fact of the matter is that this place, this is not our home. This is a temporary dwelling that one day we will exchange for an eternal dwelling that he has made for us. When we understand the significance of how important eternity is and how less important this temporal life is, we will begin to understand, to hear more clearly, and be able to pursue what God has called us to be a part of. The second thing is that he says there in verse 7 that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. So when we hear this challenge about being involved in reaching the nations and we look, you know, we think to ourselves, but I don't know how, that's okay. When we think I can't, I I don't have the money to do that, that's okay. When we think I don't even know what my gifts are or what I would do, what my first step is, that's okay. Because God has not called us to understand everything at the beginning. He has called us to walk by faith, not by the things that we see and can figure out ourselves. In this passage, it's also interesting that verse 9, he says that we are supposed to make it our aim to please him. This means that this is one of our life goals. We all have goals in life. We all are pursuing different things. But if this one every day, every morning is not on the top of our list, then we have already lost traction on being able to find out what God wants us to do. The most important thing that we can commit ourselves to is knowing God's word and obeying it, learning how that we should live our lives in such a way that is pleasing to him. And that's by living according to his purposes. And as we understand what God has done for us, the love that God has shown us, verses 11 and 14 talk about that we are compelled to persuade others. If you don't have the motivation, if that's the biggest problem, that you lack the motivation in life to talk to your neighbor, to talk to your classmate, to talk to your boss, or to go somewhere else and to talk to somebody that you just met about Christ, really we need to look inward to find out, are we really connecting with God the way that he wants us to? Do we really understand the love that he has for us? Because Paul tells us that once we understand the love that he has for us, then we're compelled It's almost as if we can do nothing else but to go and share with other people what Christ has accomplished in our lives. 
And then he says in verse 19 that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. This is huge. I don't even understand why God would do this. It almost seems kind of scandalous that God, who accomplishes everything in the midst of our salvation, would take that gift and give it to us as a stewardship and say, I want you to be my messengers to the nations. Is it because he needs us? (laughs) Absolutely not. God brought us into a relationship with him so that we could know him. And God calls us into his service so that we could know him better. As God provides the things that we need, provides the opportunity, as the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us the very words to say, as we're able to share with other people, maybe sometimes in feeble terms, the, the message of how God has reached down from eternity to save us, then we understand better who our Lord is. And that's his purpose for us in being involved. And really, in reality, it's a privilege. It's not just a duty. It's not just a responsibility. It's a great privilege to be involved. And he sums up all this truth. Goes on in verses 20 and 21. Read together with me. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Do you realize that it's not really a choice? It's like, well, I don't feel like I am an ambassador for Christ. Actually, you are. The question is, what kind of ambassador are you? That sits heavy on my soul. Because some days I don't feel like I am, and some days I don't feel like I want to. But the fact of the matter is, is that God has chosen his people to communicate his message. We are his ambassadors. What kind of ambassadors are we? An ambassador is someone who oftentimes lives in a different land, a temporary place, just like we do, whether it's here or abroad, and he speaks the message of his leader. He speaks the message of his king. He represents him in his lifestyle, in his values, in his service, and in his words. In Christ, we do the same. It's the overall purpose for our lives. Friends, Sunday morning is merely our staff meeting. It's to connect with our leader. Monday through Saturday is our field assignment. We go out as representatives of the Almighty God. It is our transcendent calling. A proper understanding of what Christ did for us should produce a better motivation for us to follow him. We are his ambassadors. So many people act as if God brought us into a relationship with him so that we could finish off the work. But in reality, God allows us to be a part of it as a privilege of serving him. So what is our responsibility? How do we do this as a church? How do we know what next steps to take? There are so many opportunities and so many ways that we can go. How do we know what to do next? Well, for the rest of our time this morning, I want to kind of outline a little bit of a direction that we as as Grace Bible Church want to head. Some ways to think about how we can be involved in the Great Commission right here with those that God brings us and around the world. So the first thing that we're going to talk about 
is how do we think about our purpose for this church, both geographically and demographically, okay, in locations. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what I called expanding locations, local, global, yes, it's not a word, and global, okay? And really what we're talking about is that vision out of Acts 1-8 that talks about that we're to be his witnesses, both in Jerusalem, okay, the place right where we live, Judea and Samaria, the places that are, that are close to us, that are around us, and also globally uh, towards the ends of the earth. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what it means uh, in terms of geography. Anderson campus is located right here on Anderson Road, and uh, it has a geography. And here's one of my fears. One of my fears is that somewhere else out in the community, people that are not involved in our church, they're going to look at our church and they see where we are, and they're going to ask a frightening question. And that question is, are we having an impact in the community that is directly around the geography of our church? Are we making a difference? They don't know what we're doing around the world. The only thing that they can see is, are we making a difference in the, in the lives of the people that live directly around us? Because frankly, if we don't get that right, we don't really earn very much of the privilege of being able to share things a little bit further. So what does this look like for Anderson? Well, it describes those things around our physical distance to our facilities. Obviously, we have Texas A&M students. We have the Anderson Apartments where we have so many of our international students that are living. A lot of mainland Chinese, a lot of students from India, a lot of people from everywhere else, and just an enormous amount of international students that are around us, okay? And all kinds of other things that are packed right around our church that God has provided for us as opportunities to reach out. Well, what kind of strategies do we have? Well, we have a college ministry, right? Meeting across over there, we probably have four to 600 people that are over there and we are going after the campus. It is part of the DNA of who this church is and we can do better. We also have a Mandarin church that meets uh, across the street, okay? We also have a furniture giveaway and lots of other strategies that we're trying to reach out uh, to the international students that are in our community. And we want you guys to be involved in some of those strategies. Why? To make us look better as a church? No, to reach out to the people that live directly around our Anderson location. What about our demography? See, that's the funny thing about a, ch- about a church, is that not all of you that are sitting in this room live directly around the geography of our church. As a matter of fact, you not only serve as kind of ambassadors for Christ, but you serve as representatives for Grace Bible Church. As you leave today, you walk out the door, you get in your car, and you take the church as the body of Christ back with you to the neighborhoods where you live. That our church not only exists right here on Anderson, but it exists wherever it is that you guys go back and live. So it exists as an opportunity for you to be a representative in your schools. Okay? It exists as opportunities for you in uh, whatever oppor- other uh, activities that you're involved in. Okay? So it describes the areas where our current congregation lives and the people with whom they, they connect. Different examples of that. Some of you guys live in Southside. Some of you guys live over on Eastgate. Some people in South Bryan. Some of you guys are in sports teams, okay, with your kids. Some of you go, uh, guys, girls go to dance class, okay? Some of you guys are involved in public school. Some of you are involved, involved in private school. But God has not just, it's not just a coincidence in where you've landed. But God has arranged for you to have people that need to hear the message of Christ all throughout the city. 
And I think that God is calling us to take ownership of the places where we live. That we are a demographic representative, not only of this church, but of the gospel. So what strategies do we have to help us with this? Well, we have backyard Bible clubs. We have home groups. Uh, We would love to see block parties. We would love to see some dinner strategies. And we, as an outreach team, want to begin to train people and to provide opportunities, to provide some materials to make that easier so that when you have the unction to reach out to your neighbors, that you can find a quick resource that will help you how to do that. Local, global, and global. What does that mean? How are we working through these things? Well, one of the things that I want to make sure that we do as a church as we try to arrange our strategies is to provide a structure that allows continuity between all the ways that we are trying to engage with grace. Okay, that, that we don't become just a collection of disjointed opportunities, but that we can actually come together and feel like we're making a difference in some areas. Let me give you a couple of examples, okay? First one is uh, with the Mandarin Speaking Church, which is across the street, okay? We know that uh, locally we have lots of people uh, from a Mandarin speaking community, and we've invited them to come to our church. We have 75 people that are meeting regularly over there with droves of kids. If you're interested in helping out over there, they are desperate for child care workers, okay? Talk to me after that, uh, after the service, if that's what you'd like to do. All the kids speak English, by the way. It's okay, Okay. So that's what's happening locally. But globally, as you know, we kind of mix that local and global feel. We also, you know, we have the furniture giveaway. We have language partners. Every Monday uh, morning, uh, they come and meet with, with uh, the ladies come and meet with uh, these wives of uh, graduate students that oftentimes don't speak very much English, and they desperately need volunteers and people to be involved. Okay? It's an opportunity to, to, to be involved in building relationships that lead to the gospel. And then globally, we have strategic mission involvement in Mandarin-speaking countries. See, what I really hope to do is that as, as we outline our strategies is I don't care which one you get involved in first, but I want to make sure that you have options no matter where you are. If you meet someone who's a Chinese friend and you have an opportunity to share the gospel and God puts it on your heart, maybe to visit a Mandarin-speaking country, I want to be able to outline a pathway for you to get there. If that's where you started on one of our college summer projects and you come back home and know that that's not where God is calling you long term, I want you to be able to meet a friend and invite them into your house and be a minister of the gospel to the Mandarin community here. You understand how it works? Here's another example. One of the things that I'm hoping that our church will get involved in is respite care for foster families. I don't know if you guys were... uh, you know, if you notice some of the things that happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, but our youth uh, from our church uh, decided to serve this community uh, faithful to the fatherless, uh, and they did a, an, um, a, a time where they watched the children and to give the parents uh, an opportunity to go on a date night. I don't know what you know about fostering children, but not everybody can watch your kids. There's some legalities and some certifications and some things like that that happen. And so oftentimes the, the families that are willing to move forward and go out and to foster, they have a limited pool of people to support them. Okay. And so our youth group held a night where they made that happen. And I just remember being forwarded one comment where somebody said, this was a great night. It was the first time my husband and I had a date since receiving our foster kids. It's a point of service. A point of service into a community that can't help itself. So what does that look like globally? Well, 
maybe your family's not situated in such a way where you're able to invite a foster child to come into your home. But there are lots of opportunities through some of these uh, organizations that we can partner with where you can use the money that God has blessed you with uh, to sponsor a child that's helping with orphans uh, somewhere else in another country or even locally. Okay, so it mixes that opportunity. Your gifts may not match up with the first, but certainly there's a place for you to go. And then third, we want to make sure and, and, and to take this, this, uh, this line that God continues to put on our hearts. And we want to offer some different trips like we're offering this summer. And I'll explain those in a few minutes, a few minutes where we have some opportunities to go down and serve uh, an orphanage, whether playing with the kids, running a VBS, sharing the gospel or swinging a hammer. We can go and make a difference in the lives of those people that can't help themselves. So it's continuity within our strategies. Locally, Okay, there's all kinds of different things that you can do. We want to make sure that everybody in our church that is willing to be trained knows how to have a personal ministry, that you know how to share the gospel, that you know how to make it clear, that you know how to bring somebody to the point of decision, just like somebody helped you. And if somebody chooses to follow Christ, that you know how to follow them up, that you know how to teach them the basics. See, a lot, oftentimes people think, well, if I just bring him to church, then we'll let the pastoral staff do all the work for us. But I want to tell you, it's not our job. Okay? We're here to help. Okay? But God has called each one of us to be in the business of bringing other people to Christ. We have lots of partnership organizations here locally in our community. Okay, if you want to help out and you, you think, wow, I don't know what I would do. If you want to sort clothes, if you want to uh, stack food, if you want to go out and uh, help in a construction process. Okay, there's all kinds of things that, that we can help you get connected with to use the skills that you already have for you to make a difference in the, in the kingdom. Locally, we want to move into some respite care and foster training. And then I want to talk a little bit about what we're now be, uh, starting to call the big five. Okay, the big five. These are our five biggest outreach events that we do as a church. And sometimes I think when we look at them, we just think, oh, these are just kind of like little parties that we throw for the church people. Okay, but that's not why we started them and that's not why we continue. Okay, so let's talk through what are these big five? Okay, the grace is big five. The first is the furniture giveaway. I hope that all of you guys had an opportunity through giving or through showing up or through breaking your back, carrying all that furniture, that you had an opportunity to be involved. Because we got to be, we had the opportunity to bless over 300 students uh, with, that didn't have hardly anything to be able to start their graduate student career here at Texas A&M by giving them some furniture. Okay, next year, I hope it's even bigger, but it's a great opportunity for us as a church body to do what? Not just to serve, but to begin to meet people that are not like us. They don't think like us. They don't speak like us. They don't live like us. They don't, they don't eat like us, but we can brush shoulders. We can find out that God can give us a heart for reaching the nations, even right here in Bryan College Station. Another one is the country fair. I have this one uh, highlighted because it's the next one in the calendar, October 29th. What is this? Is this just a, you know, a big kind of a Halloween replacement party that we throw for the church? No, it's not. What we want to do, it's held over at our Southwood campus. We want to make sure that, especially for that geography of Southwood, that we can invite people, and I promise you this, that have never stepped foot on a church property 
to give them something that they feel comfortable with in attending and then meeting the people of God. That hopefully God will use that to be able to reach out into our community. You can also invite your neighbors and have them come. Okay, If you don't have kids that are going to enjoy that time, that's God's calling for you to work the ring toss. Okay, Come and serve other people. Let other people have the relationships that maybe you didn't bring. Okay, It's an opportunity for our church to reach out into our community. I promise you, if all it was was a party for our church, we wouldn't have it anymore. Third is the Christmas co-op. This obviously happens in December. It's an opportunity for us to gather some things and at a very discounted price offer uh, some clothing and some food and some toys uh, in some of our more marginalized communities. We already are working with many of these families through our youth impact um, ministry that we have that's ongoing throughout the year. But this is a fantastic opportunity again for us to not just meet internationals like at the uh, furniture giveaway, but this is for people that actually live in our community that are very different than many of us. That we can cross over sometimes those fears that can happen within ethnic lines and we realize that they're not so different. They're not so different and we have an opportunity to reach out to them and to make their Christmas a little bit better and have an opportunity to share the true meaning of what Christmas is. Then in the spring, we're going to roll around and we're going to make it possible for you guys to throw a pretty easy Easter party. And to be honest with you, this is your big step, okay? Because we're not going to do anything here at the church for this. We're actually going to ask you guys to do this in your community, in your neighborhoods, with your friends. If you don't have any friends in your community, your Easter party is not going to be very fun, okay? So begin now meeting the kids in your neighborhood so that when Easter comes around, that you can have an opportunity to invite them to something. And then you can have a party and explain the gospel, explain the true meaning of Easter. And what that does is that rolls us around uh, even to backyard Bible clubs. And with many of those same children, we invite them into our homes, into our houses, into our yards so that we can play. We don't necessarily want everybody to keep coming this direction to the church. That's a big step for a lot of people. We want to make sure that they can experience the message of Christ out of your living room, out of your dining room, out of your front or backyard. You have the relationships and God can use you a lot more effectively than he can use us. We are not trying to keep you busy as a church. I want you to hear that. We are not trying to run successful programs that are based on numbers. What we're trying to do through your participation And these five events and others like them is to prepare you for a lifetime of ministry. And we want to make a commitment to you that if you'll participate in some things like this and some of the training that we want to give alongside these, that that will happen. That that you will be prepared to be a, a more strategic minister of the gospel. Our commitment for you is to help you get started. And we want to trust that God will lead you in the right directions. These are not for personal ministry. These are not to take the place of personal ministry. They are to enable you to do what God has called you to do. Well, what else? What does it mean to look globally? Number of things that we want to do, current ethnic churches and fellowships that we have going already. Uh, Again, we have the Mandarin Church across the street. We also have uh, a South Asian fellowship that uh, we would love to see expand. 
But our dream doesn't stop there. We would love to see future ethnic churches and fellowships, a Spanish speaking one, a Persian speaking one, an Arabic speaking. If these are places and uh, people groups that, you know, God has already put on your heart, then talk to us. We would love to see us being able to minister to the diverse ethnic community that God has given us. And all that we do with our international students from the furniture giveaway, I hope that many of you signed up uh, to host an international student in your house for a meal. Again, we've been talking about that. 90% of our international students that come to Texas A&M never make it inside an American home. And that is a travesty. And we want to create opportunities to write that so that we can earn the privilege of sharing the gospel with them. Globally, continued support of our current missionaries. And we, as finances allow, we would not only like to support the missionaries that we have more, we would like to have more missionaries to support. Say, maybe part of what God is calling you to do is to give generously. So that those that are already there represented by all of these flags that are spread out across the world and the people that are still going, that you can play a part in what they are doing to reach the world for Christ. We want to have continued strat- uh, the continued strategies of our college initiatives. Okay? We want to create a path uh, of opportunities for church families to be involved in the Great Commission together. That's the other 2,000. We want to make sure that we are ministering as a family of God. Not that we just subcontract missions to the college students. That shortchanges us as a church and shortchanges our own personal experience. So we have a couple of opportunities that I want to put before you guys to begin to think about. Okay, First one is this summer. We, uh, this is for the first time, I think, uh, in the history of our church, we're actually going to have a separate missions opportunity for Anderson uh, and a separate missions opportunity uh, for Southwood. Okay, doesn't mean that you can't do a little crossover if one interests you more than the other, but this is how we've set it up. SHIP is a locally run uh, organization in, in Bryan that has purchased and continues to run an orphanage in El Salvador. And this summer, we've signed up with them. We're going to take a group of about 25 people uh, to go down. Some people will be working with the kids. Some will be doing some educational things. Some people will be working on some construction uh, programs that they have going on down there. They have lots of things going on with ladies uh, that are setting up their own businesses. Okay, And so we want to make sure. It's going to be led by Brad Evans. Dates are July 4th to 11th. All of this is on the website. Okay. And, uh, and they're going to be in the, I think that they have a, some information set up in the foyer today and uh, they would love to talk with you. And if you, there's a sign-up sheet, you're not signing like you're going. You're just saying, hey, I'd like a little bit more information. Okay. Put your name on there and let's talk about what that trip might look like. Okay. Other ones that we have, we have obviously our uh, college mission groups. Okay. If you guys are in, uh, in college, either at Blinn or at Texas A&M, and you don't necessarily attend the college service very often, we want you to know that these are the places that we send to. Next week, after lunch, there's free pizza. But it's not really free, because they're going to hit you up to go to the world. And for some of you, that might be expensive, okay, when you think about the changes in your life. Go eat the pizza, and then listen intently on what God might ask you to do among nations like this. For youth, we have a couple of different things going on. For our 7th grade to 12th grade, we're going to be involved in what's called Houston 1-8, formerly known as the Houston Project, if any of you guys have been involved there. It's a great cross-cultural and multi-ethnic opportunity. Why? Because I want to put the heart for the nations inside 
our kids because they're open to receive it. And I want them to know what God is doing among the nations long before they choose a career that begins to lock them in to the trajectory of their life. The second thing that we're going to do is for 11th graders and 12th graders, uh, we're going to have a missions opportunity working with Young Life Germany to go over and uh, kind of have a a camping uh, experience alongside some German nationals to be able to build relationships with them. Because in Western Europe right now, it's really slow with the gospel. You have to get to know somebody really well before they begin to trust the things that you want to tell them. And so we want to train our kids to be able to do that because that's what happens in life. Okay? You build relationships for the opportunity to share the gospel. And then our other trip for uh, adults is uh, one that's going to be led by Joel Mathai. It's going into South Asia, uh, working uh, both in a context of uh, some orphans, and, uh, but also doing some church planning. It's a little bit of a longer trip, but for those of you guys that have summers off or can make, uh, make room for this in your schedule, we want you to know that we're going to some of the harder places in the world. Because we believe that God meets us there. As a matter of fact, he's there already. And we just show up to find out what he's already doing. If you guys have interest in global outreach, okay? If you have interest in missions and you don't even know what to do, let me tell you two other opportunities that we have. First off, we're beginning to start some grace groups around the topic of missions. Okay, it's like, I just want to learn. That's where I need to start. This is where you need to go. Send us an email. You need to find out. We will find a group for you to fit into. Okay, to find out what does it actually mean to, to be involved in the Great Commission vocationally. Also, Grace, uh, about every third year, this will be the second year in a row because of some scheduling, we're hosting perspectives on the world Christian movement. How many of you guys have taken this class before? That's not enough. If you guys want to find out about what God is doing among all kinds of people of the world on, during the spring on Monday nights for 15 weeks, we have a class. Students, you can take it for credit and transfer it into A&M. Or if you're a little bit older than that, you can t- uh, audit it and you can find out, man, God is doing incredible things among the nations. And you need to be educated bef- so that you can actually make a decision. We, we want everybody to know what's happening and then we can listen to see if God would have us be involved. Wednesday night, uh, as Pat is going to come up and talk about it in a minute, at 6 o'clock, there's a missions fair here at Anderson. And that's a great place for you guys to be involved. Bottom line is this. If you have any questions about how to serve or how to find out information about what we as a church is doing in our missions program, contact us, email address, globaloutreach at grace-bible.org. For those of you that are interested in community outreach, again, the county fair, sign-ups on the uh, table outside. You can find out more about that. You can volunteer with one of our community outreach partnerships. They're all on our website, okay? Call them up. Find out what it is that we need to do. And if you have any other questions, just write us an email, communityoutreach at grace-bible.org, and we will find a way for you to get plugged in. As you leave today, we want you to know that Grace Bible Church is serious about its involvement in the Great Commission. We want to be a part of reaching our campus, in our community, in our world, and equipping you for a lifetime of ministry. Pat's going to come up and give us a couple of connecting opportunities, but before that, let me pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, grace in our lives. Father, that you have brought us to faith, that you have given us an opportunity and a privilege to be your ambassadors. I pray that as we go through our week, 
It would be an inescapable truth that follows us around. Father, that we are your representatives to the world. Help us to know how you want us to be engaged in our campus, in our community, and in the world around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, ambassadors, that's all of us, right? Uh, It's a great challenge to all of us to consider the the role in the Great Commission that God's called each of us to play. So as Guff said, our staff meeting is coming to an end. And it's uh, time to go out to our field assignment this week. And as he said, I want to just call attention to a couple more things for you. Some bite-sized things, because oftentimes you're in a meeting like this and you hear these things, and you get a little bit overwhelmed. So I want to give you just a few bite-sized next steps, some simple things that you can do next uh, to, to get more involved in what's happening both locally and globally. First thing I want to call attention to, this is our second Sunday that our friends from the Gideons are in the foyer. Uh, most of you think you're familiar with the ministry of the Gideons. What is it? What do you think of when you think of Gideon's? Bibles in the hotel room, right? Okay, yeah. Well, there are also Bibles being distributed on the streets. 10,000 Bibles will be distributed on the A&M and Blinn campuses as the semester's, uh, semester has begun uh, here in Bride College Station this semester. Uh, but you know, Bible distribution is actually about 10% of what the Gideon's do. And rather than tell you what the other 90% is, I want to encourage you to go out and visit with the gentlemen that are at the, at the table out there in the foyer and find out. Uh, there's uh, opportunities to get involved with the Gideons, and they're, they're right here with us this morning. Secondly, Guff mentioned the trip with SHIP, and I uh, want you Anderson folks to consider getting involved together with us. I had the privilege of going down to El Salvador with SHIP. It's a tremendous, very hands-on and personal ministry in a very needy, needy community. And, and if, you, if you're aware of what's going on in the news right now in terms of the children coming across our borders, many of those children are coming from El Salvador because there's no hope uh, in the place that they are where SHIP is bringing hope. And, and you have an opportunity to be a part of that as well. Those uh, folks from SHIP will be at the ministry's desk on your right hand, just past the Gideon table. And they'll be there to answer your questions and for you to sign up. Guff also mentioned the missions fair this Wednesday night here at the Anderson campus. Your bulletin says 6.30. It is actually 6 p.m., the doors open. Okay, that is a part of Breakaway. Breakaway has their Tuesday night meeting, but this will not be at Reed Arena. It will be here at Grace Bible Church. There are breakout sessions, opportunities uh, to uh, look into missions from a variety of different topics, things like engineering and missions, things like that. So opportunities to get uh, very, very specific personal information. And then, of course, there's the concert at eight o'clock. So do come out uh, for that. It is not It is breakaway, but it's not just for college students. It's for all ages. So please do come and find out more. Be a part of that. And then the last thing Guff mentioned, we care about our missionaries. Uh, Several missionary families are living with us for this year. I see the Lampkins over here this morning. The Bells are here. And the Munoz family are all, the Munoz family is living in our mission house. We have an opportunity uh, once or twice a semester to have lunch with our missionaries. And there is a potluck with the Munoz family next Sunday. It'll be back here in the Fellowship Hall here at the Anderson campus. Uh, If you hadn't been a part of a good old-fashioned potluck in a long time, come on out. Students, families, uh, just maybe stop at HEB, bring something along if you can bring a little extra food. There's always plenty of food, but it's one of those opportunities to to love on our missionaries and to hear uh, the stories of what uh, have been going on in their lives over the last semester. So I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that that very fellowship and very caring-oriented event uh, with some of our missionaries, getting involved with them personally. So staff meeting is over, and uh, as you consider your next step, you go out into the the field, your field assignment. I want to encourage you to pray about and consider these things, and as you do, may God bless you. Have a great day.